Welcome, and in this lesson, we're going to take a look at how we might use company, uh, how company analysis is used to actually analyze P-E ratios. Now, there's no one single way to do it. There are a number of different schools of thought. We've already discussed some of them. So we've discussed, for example, in previous lessons, how we might look at for growth stocks or how we might look for value stocks. We've even taken a look at how we might use the DDM with the expected earnings to justify a PE and create our model. In this lesson then, we want to take a, a, a look at a couple of other ways to be analyzing a PE and understand how well it could be justified. So we want to take a look at a relative growth method. So comparing the growth of the company to other similar companies, we want to take a look at a trailing PE method. And then we want to use, look at how something called the PEG ratio might be used to help us understand uh, a justifiable growth method is really fairly straightforward. It simply compares your company. So we're going to do an example here. Uh, the company you're interested in with other similar companies. Um, and the similar company is up to you. Often at industry leaders is really good. So let's say we have company AAA and company BBB. So when we take a look at AAA, it has a growth rate of 15%. Uh, company BBB has a growth rate of 12%. So right off the bat, when we're thinking about what the PE of BBB should be, if AAA has a PE of 20 and what we're buying is growth, then we kind of look at this and say, well, if the if the growth rate of BBB is 80% of uh, AAA, then its PE would justifiably be 80% of the PE of BBB. What our research needs to show then, or try and understand is, will this continue in the future? Is this expected to continue? And that's what we're going to do our best to understand when we look at things like PE and uh, ratio analysis, when we look at financial statements, when we look at events. If this goes down, so let's say this goes to 70%, then we might estimate that for the, or we think in the future it's only going to be 70%, then we might estimate in the future that. Another way of doing this is looking at uh, historical averages. So comparing two companies, historically speaking. So uh, in our example here, we're taking a look at Consolidated Edison. And we're saying that in the example called Consolidated Edison has 110% PE or 110% relative PE. Might be a little bit confusing with the other one. What is this saying? It's saying whatever the industry PE is, then on average, 
Consolidated Edison's is 110% of the industry. So when we put that into practice then, what we're going to do, if the industry PE, or even just a similar company in that industry, or some, a couple of similar companies uh, in that industry, might be all we need to compare is 20, then the consolidated Edison PE will be 110% of that, so 22. And in fact, I'm going to take a quick look at starts of how we might go about doing that. Again here, value line can come in really, really handy. It has this average annual PE ratio, which we might want to use uh, in order to uh, take a look. So there's average annual. But it also has this relative PE ratio, and that kind of compares our company to the industry. And again, we may want to take an average of this for our for our company itself. Now, what we have to remember is that this represents the past. So we're, when this represents the past, what we're doing is our research is asking or trying to decide, will it stay the same in the future? So just for argument's sake, let's say, let's take a, 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 a PE of, what do we say, about 1.5 of the, or rel, a PE that's 1.5 times higher than the industry. So if we go and look for the industry PE right now, and it's 20, then the justified PE for Starbucks is going to be 1.5 times that. So it would be, we would justify in our paper a PE of 30. We've got to remember though that that's backward looking. What if we find out that this 1.5 in the past has been based on good results and we find out that the uh, CEO is embezzling, that's part of our research, didn't think I spelled embezzling correctly there, then this number, even though it was the number from the past, we might think of it as being lower in the future. And again, we can't just calculate the number and say this is what it is, we must always justify it. Justify, justify, justify. So we find the number, then we ask how likely is this going to happen in the future. And that is often helpful is something called the price of growth. Now, this, can, this is only a rule of thumb. And it can't be used alone. We need to have other research to support this, to support uh, our peg ratio. But what the peg ratio essentially asks is what is the price 
of growth. And it compares the PE to the growth rate. And the idea here is that, that if it is correctly priced, if this thing is correctly priced, then our PE is equal to the growth. To the growth. So we have to remember that this is really mathematically speaking, this is growth times 100 because we know that growth is expressed as a percentage. If it is larger than 1, then our PE is too large or our growth is or to justify to justify the uh, to justify the price the price of the growth if it's less than 1 then our pe is too small relative to growth so we can use this to indicate whether or not a, a justified pe which is where our PE and our growth are about the same, might be uh, in play. It's too small relative to growth. And that is just a couple of the tools that we can use from our company analysis to help us with our research justify the PE we're going to use in our models.